Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over a Millennial. My name is Lauren. And my name is Stressed. Tess. Uh, Tess. <clears throat> Hi. I, that was not scripted. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes, we are recording this on Boxing Day. So it's day after Christmas. Anyway, how, how was your Christmas, my darling? It was actually really nice. It was pretty low-key. Um, we just got to spend it with... The whole fam, actually. We went and watched my nephew open his bike and ride his sister's bike, and they had a good time. And my niece is turning one, my nephew's turning four, and they both have birthdays in January. So they're little, little. And so that's yeah. kind of, it was fun to watch them. I mean, it was fun to watch Liam. Liam got a haul of toys, but, um, you know, Amelia is kind of still a kind of a blob. A blob that can walk a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. How was your like kids can make Christmas special for adults, even you know where it's like you kind of get a little bit of their Christmas magic. Rub yeah, off. yeah. No, it definitely helped. I mean, we it's it's weird still not having like after my grandparents passed. Like it's weird because the Christmas traditions just don't really feel there, yeah. but you know, rebuilding those new ones and having little kids, like it, it definitely helps seeing the, the magic of it Yeah. All. Yeah. I like that. That's good. What about you? Um, my Christmas was pretty good. It was actually really quiet. I spent it, uh, at my apartment mostly by myself. Um, didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything. Um, it was really sweet. People got me presents and like sent them to me and made it really special. I, I'm not complaining in any way. It was just very quiet. Um, and definitely like family makes Christmas feel like Christmas. Yeah. You know, having family around and even that, that part of it being stressful and that whole flurry of the year, like to me that, that is Christmas. That is the feeling of Christmas. So I miss that a little bit, but, um, I you also, miss the stress. Getting, honestly, like a little bit also because I've never really been that stressed out, um, when, if I am not the one hosting and there is a large family group, that doesn't stress me out as much. I just enjoy watching everybody else be stressed out. Oh, okay. Like I enjoy just watching everything go wrong. Be like, no, it's fine. I'll fix it. You know, because why would we like, it's fine. It's fine. I, today I have some people coming over for friends miss and my food is not going to be done on time. We're going to eat late. And 
I'm not worried about it. I've decided I'm going to make dip and I'm going to put out hummus and it's going to be fine. (laughs) As long as there's alcohol, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to complain that much. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, we will, we will figure it out. I'm going to have a gigantic pot of soup. Like it's, it's fine. So that was the most stressful part actually was I put in my order um, for HEB curbside uh, and I was going to make ham and potato soup for Christmas because I have fed this to my friends before and they go nuts over it. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy from curbside calls me and is like, Hey, we have no ham and we have no carrots, which go in the soup and we have no cream. I was like, how, um, how, how, uh, okay. <laughs> how are they completely out of all of those items? I was like, really? Like there, there's no milk, no cream, no nothing. No, like the only thing I have basically at this point is potatoes and celery and you can't really make soup out of potatoes and celery. And he was like, well, it's really close to Christmas. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. I get it. If you have any ham anywhere, like not just the one that I asked for, but like, if you have any ham and he's like, okay, I'll go back and look. And he went back and found everything. And I was just like, yeah. why, why did you? <laughs> Because it's just that specific thing and they want to make sure that you're fine with that specific, like not that specific thing, I guess, which like is valid, but it's super frustrating. Yeah. I just decided to be really nice to him because I was like, why would I blow up on this poor boy, you know, who's probably in college and doesn't want to be working on Christmas Eve Eve? Like, no, I'm not going to hurt this kid's feelings, but dude, like, please check because otherwise I have nothing to make. <laughs> yeah. Literally just fucking look kid. Like it's going to be okay. So anyway, anyways, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything fun in the new year? Um, I think I'm going to like a new year's Eve slash holiday thing at another friend's house. Nice. She's going all out and making like a whole turkey and a whole spiral ham and a oh. whole like uh, she's going crazy, which is great for her. Like go nuts, do the thing. She's kind of like, she's the type that just, you expect to be wifed up that Southern belle sort of the hostess with the mostest pretty much. Yeah. And I just, so I'm expecting this to be wow over the top type deal. Um, but we've got that. And then, uh, sometime next week, my mom has requested that I go down to San Antonio to do like a after Christmas, Christmas shopping trip with her because she's not big into the whole day of Christmas. And my dad's Christmas ended up being really sad this year. Um, Mm -hmm. He got some news that his boyhood home had been completely torn down and he didn't get to go and look and see if there was anything that he wanted to get out of it. And he got that news on Christmas. Um, Damn. And so when I called him to wish him a happy Christmas, he was like, he was holding it together because my dad is like one of those super stoic types, but he was kind of like teared up and I was like, oh dad, I'm so sorry. I got you some stuff for Christmas. I hope that makes it better. Like, oh, poor baby. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. But anyway, what about you? Do you have any plans for the next week and New Year's? Eh, I, I decided to still take some time off from work, but we're working on New Year's Eve. So Ew. yeah, couldn't avoid that. Seems like there's a the the company that I work for acquired a company two years ago and now we're doing all of the quote unquote merger work. So that's fun. Yeah. It's, it, it is what it is. I mean, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I worked yep. some on Christmas, but it was because I was bored, not because I had to. <laughs> no, no, no. This is uh, I actually, I had a fever dream like a night ago, I think, or two nights ago about going back to work. And I was just like, this is not, 
Oh, dude, I know. This is not I, ideal. I get that. I'll close my eyes and be like, did I finish that plan? Did I answer that email? Did I do this? Did I do it? And I'm just like, oh, stop. It's yeah. two o'clock in the morning. Just stop. It's, it's fine. You know, there, <sighs> there are going to be some changes in 2022. So we, we hope for a better year. Seriously. For a better I, year. And then I to- know that nobody has said like, this is going to be my year. And I would be petrified to try and say that, but we can hope. Oh or something. It's definitely not going to be not my year. I'm going to have a fucking newborn. So it's going <laughs> to be the year of no sleep and even more chaos. But that's honestly, fine. though, if we can keep on a recording schedule, that's going to be content gold. That's actual facts. My full-time birth control. It's going to be great. Well, yeah, you're going to have a screaming child hearing hearing a screaming child in the background a lot. I'm sure. Or maybe you'll look forward to recording because Ian will babysit for the one hour that we record and that will be your mommy time. Controversial opinion. He will not babysit because it is, it is his baby. He will parent. Okay, yet, <laughs> he will okay, be a fucking parent. Fine. I didn't <laughs> but, mean that in a controversial no, way. I, know. I was just using a word. I know. I just, I fucking hate It's that and like the word man cave for some reason. Like the idea of man cave just makes me extremely angry. Like the fact that men need a safe space away from their own fucking children. You don't want a bitch barn? No, I really, I don't want a bitch barn. I don't want a she shed. Like I get having your own space, but like my dad has that. It's his office. It's not a man cave. That's that's true. That's what I have. Yeah. Like the idea of a man cave, woman cave, whatever cave is just, it's really, sorry. My mic just got really fucked up. It (laughs) is a... it, it just is really inappropriate to me. Like hmm. it, it's just, it's childish. Like you don't need to be able, like you don't need a, a everybody needs a safe space, but you don't need a, a childish shape, safe space that like you can literally shun your family from and just be like, like fuck off. No, I, I think I'm like somewhere in the middle. Cause I really like having a room where I can go to and be like, this is my space. Yeah. And this is where all my stuff is. And like, it is as clean as I want it to be. Other people don't use this as a common room. Cause like when you're married, even your bedroom is kind of a common area. Yeah. Um, so having a space where it's like, if I put it here, it's not going to move if right. I like whatever, but I've never said like, no, you can't come in. You know, you can't, right. you can't spend time with me. You can't, whatever. It's just like, yeah, this is my space and I really enjoy it. And I like having a spot that is mine but I'm never going to bar you from it. Just like, well, I think the other thing too, of why I don't agree with the whole entire idea of a man cave is it's like, oh, I can go in there to clean it as the wife or the woman, but I'm not oh, allowed yeah, no. in it because it's not nice. Like that's why. And like, Ian thankfully isn't one of those people where it's like, I need my space. like he, he does, but it's all, it's still pretty communal. And we also just haven't had a place big enough where that's even, in question, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I get that. You gotta have space for that shit. And I'm not just creating space, you know, like no. sacrificing a room out of a three bedroom house for a fucking Mm-mm. man cave. Like, fuck off. That's no, no, no. And I, I understand that. And so I think it's like, if there is a spot that holds the hobbies and or what are you giggling at? I just burped. <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty sure she's laughing at me. I'm scratching something, but what are you laughing at? Sorry, I burped and I'm pretty sure it's on the audio now. (laughs) It's fine. We all do it. It's fine. We all do it. Continue. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, 
like if he has hobbies that take up a space, like oh, car yeah. guys in their garages, that kind of stuff. Like to me, that kind of serves as like your little yeah. spot where you need space. You go to your little spot. And if I want to come out and say hi, like yeah. that's totally fine. Or my office. Cause I work at home. Like I have my spot, right. But you can come in and say, hi, like it's not like contentious. So I guess yeah. in the traditional sense, then I agree with you. It's just, I have never thought of it like that because I never grew up with guys like that. Or if I did, I was just like, fuck you. I can beat you up. Move. Well, that one. But like, I guess it's mostly just like, it's a traditionalist sense of it. And like, Mm. that is what, like my dad never did it. And that was never a part of it. But like, it's just the idea of it in general is icky. No, I got you. I got you. Well, with that ridiculously long intro, what are we talking about today, Lord? Um, It seems to me like you... You have completely cut out. What? Seems to me like you have some news in your life. (laughs) Ah, yes. Um, As probably our listeners have noticed, if they've been with us for long enough, I don't know if we picked up new ones. So I guess I should backstory. Um, During COVID, when we started this podcast, because tests and therapists apparently do not get along. And so now Lauren is my therapist and you guys get to hear my therapy sessions. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) But back then when I was in the house, uh, that I was in before I moved to my apartment, I had a husband and his name was Tim and I mentioned him multiple times on the podcast. Again, I don't know if listeners have been around long enough to remember this part. Um, but he kind of disappeared from stories and recordings. Um, I would say around a year ago, Mm -hmm. isn't that right? Yeah. I think, yeah, around a year ago, he just kind of got phased out of the stories of the podcast, of the everything like that. Um, And the reason for that was I have been in the middle of a divorce for the past year. Yeah. Yeah. I officially filed um, November 24th of 2020. um, And we decided to do it per se, which means you don't have lawyers. I don't know how it works in other states, but in Texas, um, if you agree on all property separation and terms of the divorce and it's mutual basically, then, um, you can go through, you take care of the $300 filing fee or it was at the time. I don't know if it's gone up, um, $300 filing fee. And then you start filling out all your paperwork and, um, you can just kind of do it on your own. It takes a long time. They told, they said the average per se divorce was something like 256 days. Mine was a little over a year um, because it was officially granted on December 22nd. So I guess it was about 13 months. Yep. Um, And it was something that Lauren and I have uh, kind of kept in our back pockets as a podcast topic, but I didn't want to... um, bring it up until everything was finalized. Cause it wasn't, I didn't have an NDR. I didn't have an, anything like that, but I, I didn't want to personally discuss it openly until it was final. Yeah. So, I mean, you're a respectful person. So I try to be, I'm sometimes not. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, I honestly, Lauren, you may have to like help me and kind of ask me questions here. Cause I want to tell the story. I just don't really know where to start. Do yeah. I start at filing? Do I start at like the disintegration? I, what I'd like to ask is, you know, what was, what do you think the turning point really was for you personally 
from, yeah. I want to make this work to, I just don't think that this is worth it. Yeah. Um, Tim and I were really happy, truly happy for the first two years of our relationship. This was pre-marriage. Um, we lived together for most of the two years that we were together. Um, he came back from deployment and kind of accidentally moved in with me. Um, and we were really happy. We had a great time doing things together. We had a lot of the same hobbies. We got along really well. It was that perfect, like, this is your best friend. This is your partner that makes you laugh all the time, but you're also dating kind of relationship. Um, our parents were not happy in the slightest with the idea that we were living together and not married. And they were very, very vocal about that. And they pushed us to get married. It was the whole, like you're living in sin, um, type deal, which I don't believe that the government determines that even coming from a Christian household. It's like, if you are fully committed to a person, that's where I draw that line is like, I'm committed to this person. This is my person. I am not sinning with them. I am moving forward with them. That's how I look at that, back that up or not. That's my personal point of view. Yeah. Um, so we were pushed. Um, and so we kind of both came around to the realization of like, yeah, we think we'd like to get married. We think we'd like to make each other our family. Um, and so my dream wedding was the Vegas wedding. Um, cause I hate the idea of weddings. I do not need the poofy white dress. I just, mm -mm, weddings are drama. Tess does not like drama. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went and we did the wedding and even a little bit before the wedding, I was like, Hey, I don't know that. I think, I think we're rushing. I think we're doing this too fast. I think this is not a good thing. And I remember like two days before we flew out, I came to him and said, I'm not sure. Like, um, I'm really having like palpitations about this. And he was like, no, no, like it's, it's wedding jitters. It's cold feet. Okay. I was going to ask, like, did you, and like, even not knowing this, not hindsight being 2020, but do you think that it was legitimately just not the right move? Or do you think that that was jitters? He and I have actually discussed this and I don't think he would mind me saying that it went really well till we got married. And there was almost like something clicked, something snapped and all of a sudden, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. working. It, yeah. it was like we, it was like, all right, we did our obligation thing. And then it all became an obligation. Oh, okay. That was literally like the switch that clicked was we went from having a wonderful time and kind of being more of the roommate, boyfriend, girlfriend to, all right, we got married. We, we did our thing that our parents wanted and now this is all an obligation. And it just went sour, like sour milk. Do you think that that also has to do with the, like, there's kind of like a flip that switches in your mind too, when you go from being boyfriend, girlfriend, and you guys weren't really like engaged for a period of time, like you were, but you weren't, you know, Mm -hmm. like there was the intention, but there wasn't, there wasn't. We had intent, but we didn't really have a ring and all that kind of stuff. Right. So do you think that the immediate jump also led to, you know, preconceived notions of what a wife is, what a husband is without any of those discussions? Yeah, I think it did. I think we just, we thought we had it figured out because we'd been living together for two years. We were really and you happy. had a pattern and, and a routine and yep, yeah. everything like that. And then it went from, this is my pattern and this is my routine, but I have an escape hatch if I need one. And he had one too. Right. Anyway, having an escape hatch and having that option of just like, I'm still my own person. It wasn't right. that we wanted to walk away from each other, but like we were still our own people. Mm-hmm. And then without any, like really anything on either of our parts other than, yeah, I'd like you to be my family. 
Right. It was, okay, now you're getting married. Right. And it, it was a shove. And we literally waited till our last day in Vegas. Um, we were up there. We have a, we had, I guess I am no longer in communication with them because I took a humongous step back when I decided to file for the divorce. Um, but we had a really good couple friends in Vegas and we went with them and Tim's best friend from Texas also came with us and we did three or four days. We did Fremont street. We did daytime at the strip. We hung out with them and smoked and played cards and stuff like that. And like, just, it wasn't like, Oh my God, we did Vegas, but we did like Vegas light. Yeah. If you will. And then the last day I remember Tim and I were just kind of like, yeah, we did Vegas. We're good. And they were like, no, you came to get married. You have to get married. Right. And like, it was the last day, like the last wedding that the chapel did before. Well, I guess they don't really like close late, but like, this was the last slot that we could get in the day. Like there were, there were flags. Yeah. There were, there were things where it was just like, we aren't comfy. Um, and then 2020 hit like right as soon as we got back 2020 hit and then, you're and yeah. And not only are you stuck in a marriage, you're stuck in a house with somebody. Yeah. And my job became remote. Thankfully, I was able to keep working. My job went completely remote. Um, he worked emergency services, so his job did not stop. Um, but he started working really funky hours because he had been working at a clinic and had to switch over to like truly, you know, EMS style emergency work. And the hours were really funky. We were always at home. We no longer had like concerts and jujitsu and the things that broke up our regular pattern and made it bearable. <laughs> I, I don't want to say bearable, but like they were things to look forward to. They were things that broke up the like not having life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I could, I could tell you the three meals that we rotated for the entirety of 2020 because we were both just lazy cooks, like oh, that kind of thing, you know? And so I started asking in the beginning, I would say March, April, asking and saying, Hey, can we do couples therapy? And, um, there was this whole idea of like, well, it's expensive. We don't really have that money right now because, you know, it is 2020. And while we're both still working, we have decreased salaries and like, we're making things work. This is not a good time for this. And I was like, mm, okay, I really think things are going again, sour. And there was lack of communication. There was all this kind of stuff. And he says he was down for couples therapy later. I remember there being like an issue that we couldn't do it. That's a point of contention. So that, that was a miscommunication. I'm not gonna blame that on anybody. That was a miscommunication, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. From there, I asked, okay, if we're not going to do couples, could you do your own? Like, I'm going to go find therapy on like a better help or some kind of website type deal. Right. So like there was kind of this slowly devolving into like, we need help, but I don't know what it is. Right. And I remember just thinking like, I was looking around and trying to find this answer, but like I couldn't. And I reached out to my mom and I reached out to Lauren. And at first I wasn't super forthcoming with a lot of details. And the answer that I got was, oh, the first year year of marriage marriage sucks. Yeah. The first year of marriage just sucks. You're, you're fine. Just get through the first year. And I was like, that's not it. That doesn't seem because like, yes, technically this is our first year of marriage, but like we lived together for two years. We've been in this house for a year. Like logically what's the difference now right like is it really just a piece of paper because otherwise nothing has changed we didn't do a lot of things like married people legally financially whatever we did it like roommates so why why is it that suddenly this piece of paper has created an alternate reality for me 
And I, I kept hearing first year of marriage is just hard. Just get through that first year, just get to that first anniversary and you'll be fine. And I was like, Hey, don't think though, yeah. but okay. Um, so I started, like I said, I went to counseling. I started reaching out. I started asking like something's going funky and I felt like I couldn't get anyone to listen to me and things again, they're continuing to sour and I don't want to point fingers at anybody. I don't want to go into morbid detail on either side because that's not anybody's business. It was just going sour, Mm -hmm. but it got sour to the point that I didn't feel safety in my own home. I didn't feel like I could sleep and sleep peacefully. I lost like eight pounds in two months or something like that, which for me at the time, I didn't really need to lose that weight. No. Um, And I just quit eating. I quit sleeping normally. I was uncomfy. I was just not feeling, not feeling good. Yeah. And so, um, I finally got a hold of um, a family friend who is a licensed therapist. And I was like, hey, I, I need to talk to you because here's what everyone is saying, but I'm thinking there's more to it. And I talked to her and she was like, oh yeah, that's not the first year of marriage. That's Well, were you more forthcoming with the details that you didn't share with me to her or did you... I think she knew me a little bit more when I was saying things like, I remember my taglines were like, I'm running up my white flag. I'm not feeling safe. I'm not sleeping. Those were the things that I was, and I said those to you and I said those to my mom. Which is valid. And unfortunately I did not catch. But no, no, no. And I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. I, I truly believe that I feel like when I think I'm being so honest with my feelings that I'm screaming other people hear a whisper. Well, uh, yeah. And I Ad- think that admittedly, was what yes. happened. <laughs> yeah. I, think that, I truly think that was what happened because to me, those are like almost safe phrases, like safe words mm-hmm. to me, things like, Hey, white flag to yeah. me, that's almost a safe word phrase. And so sh- you didn't catch that. My mom didn't know. Cause I've even talked to my mom about it later and been like, that really hurt me that Mm -hmm. I came to you and you just brushed me off. And she's like, well, I needed you to sit me down and tell me that it was important. And I was like, I, I did. No, I I mean, I I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that the person that I talked to was able to catch those things Mm -hmm. and say, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Like this is not first year of marriage kind of thing. Yeah. And she was the one that encouraged me to file for divorce. Yeah. Um, and she was the one that was like, you, if you file in the state of Texas, you have to wait 60 days before you can do anything. There is what they consider to be like a cooling off period. Right. Um, and she was like, go ahead and file because if you guys work it out, then you're not out anything. They throw it out after with COVID they've extended it a little bit, but typically they throw it out after 12 months. If you haven't done anything besides the preliminary file. Right. And so it was basically just like, this is a, I am so serious that I went and filed with the court and I paid the $300. I'm serious. Yeah. Listen to me because I was not feeling like anyone was listening to me. Right. And there was just lack of communication everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I went to him and I was like, Hey, I, I filed and I could tell that that was what got the attention 
and the, oh my God, she's serious. Because I, I'm not somebody who threatens to break up with my partner because I'm mad. It, I'm I'm always one of those who's like, no, we can work this out. It's totally fine. I intend this to be for life, blah, blah, blah whatever. But it just got to the point where I was like, I, I cannot. And I don't feel like I'm being heard. I have to do something. Right. So I went to him and I was like, hey, um, I filed and I explained the whole Texas law. I was very open with him about everything because I don't want him to feel hoodwinked. I understand this is going to be like an anvil falling out of the sky, but I do not intend to trick you, you know, in any way. So, and I said, Hey, I really think that, um, we, we need to do something. We're past the point of couples counseling. Cause that was the first thing that he said when I, when I said, Hey, I filed was he's like, Oh, let's go to counseling. And I was like, I asked you for that months ago. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And I don't want to have to pull out this big of the big guns, if you will, for my request to be heard. So we're, we're past that. I would love for you to continue your counseling. Um, I think he had started and he had like two sessions over the course of a month and a half or a month. I'm not really sure. I don't want to misquote time periods. 2020 all kind of goes together. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said, Hey, I think we need space apart to think. Um, we need to take a month and I will move out. I have places to go. I, I have found places that I can go or you can move out for a month. Um, whoever stays in the house, we split bills 50, 50, but whoever stays in the house um, will have to keep up the bills because we still have a lease here. We still have a legal obligation. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll find a spot and I'll go. So he moved out December 1st um, and we had a month of cooling off. And I started making friends with other people. I found some really good girlfriends who I still keep in touch with, still have around. Some of them are coming over tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a couple of people that I went to who knew Tim and I, um, not the entire time, but like they knew us back when we first started dating. And then I kind of came back into their lives later. And I was like, Hey, here's everything that's going on. You are an extreme outsider. You don't have a lot of, um, different sources of influence. Can you talk to me? Can you be a voice of reason? So talk to them, like all that kind of stuff, trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and then a month later we met and I said, you know, what do you think? And, um, he was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm ready to come back. And I was like, okay, if, if you come back, what's going to change? Mm-hmm. What's going to be different? And it was, well, you have to stop going out to the clubs and the bars and all that kind of stuff, which is where my friends were that happened to be where I met them. Um, cause I was looking for just some kind of space other than my house. Cause I was in my house by myself kind of deal. He was like, you have to stop going out and we have to like come back together and live like as husband and wife. And I was like, okay, but like, what are you going to do? Right. Why are and these all like, stipulations on me? Yeah. And I was like, what, what are, what are you going to do? It, Cause if we just go back to the way we were, I was not eating. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't like, I didn't feel safe. What are we going to do? And he was like, well, um, I guess I could go back to counseling. I quit counseling, but I guess I'll go back. Nope. That's not enough for me. That's not enough for me to hinge my future on. Yep. And that was when we decided that 
or I decided I think would be a more accurate, I want to be accurate because I don't, I don't want to make anybody take blame for something that they didn't do. Um, and I said, okay, then this is over. Yep. And that was heartbreaking for me even because I, I had intended to make him my family for life. Like that, that was 100%. Like I have never put that much into a relationship. I've never put that much into another person in my life. And it was heartbreaking to say, like, I felt like I threw the best that I had at this and And I, yeah, Yeah. I couldn't make it work. That's, that's what the phrase that kept running through my head was, I couldn't make this work. Why couldn't I make this work? Well, but you're supposed to be a team. I understand that. I'm saying that's what my brain said. Yeah. And so we went ahead and went through with everything. He picked up all of his stuff because when he had moved in with me, um, he pretty much only had his personal effects. Um, And we bought like one piece of furniture together and the rest of it was pre-existing or, you know, I bought it. So there wasn't really much to divvy up. Um, And Sammy was the one thing that I know that he wished he could have taken with him that he didn't get to take with him, the dog. Um, and that was because when I bought him, we had made, or I had said, um, if we do ever end up splitting up, this is my dog. I paid for him. He's mine. And if there is ever a property split, he's coming with me. And Tim honored that agreement. And for that, I'm very thankful because Sammy got me through a lot over the last year. Cause it was heartbreaking. Like yeah. just because you're the one that ended the relationship doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Doesn't mean you didn't break from the inside out. Well, and it also, there seems to be a, a misconception with being the person that's breaking up just because you were the one that pulled the trigger. Like it means that you were hurting longer. Yeah. And if somebody's completely caught off guard, then like, and no offense to anybody, but like, if you're completely caught off guard, then you are missing something. Like, Right. And I think there were things that I look back and there were a lot of flags on both sides, you know, that there was lack of communication, that I wasn't happy, that I wasn't feeling listened to, or that he was feeling things that he didn't know how to express and they came out in anger or they came out in something that felt directed at me that maybe shouldn't have been, you know, I think that there were a lot of things on both sides, but it was heartbreaking to say, like, I put my life into this person and now I truly feel like I have to walk away for me. I have to walk away. And that was the first time I want to say ever that I broke up with somebody to pick myself over them. Yeah. I don't, that's, I, don't, I don't think I've ever done that. And that was hard. That was really hard. Yeah. But it's a necessity. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I just, I, I feel like there is a really big misconception, especially with divorce, that if you're the one that filed, oh, you must be good. You must be fine. You must have moved on. No, <laughs> like, no. that hurt. And yeah, over the past year, like I'm feeling better. We've, we've moved on. We've done things. We've met people. It's been good. Like we're, we're on an uphill now, but it, there was a, a lot of really bad nights, yeah. you know, and we never had to get back together. We never had anything like that. We had two conversations, but they were more just like set the record straight, make peace kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, but there was absolutely no ounce on either side of, of let me reach out to you or let me drunk dial you or let me anything like that. 
ever, yeah. which I found kind of weird, but whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> getting into like the meat of how would one get divorced in Texas since I ju- did just go through a per se divorce and I want to bring a little bit of learning material to the table because most of this is just a sap story. Um, it's not a sap story. It's still helpful. It's like a sap story. It feels like a sap story. Um, you have emotions. You're not a robot. It's okay. I, uh, I filed online with my county. Um, you have to be a resident of the state for so long, resident of the county for so long, and then you file with your county. I did that online, and I paid for it online. And then they start your 60-day clock, and so they say- One quick question, not to cut you off, but maybe you can throw it in too, is since you guys did get married in a separate state- in a state like Vegas, where, you know, there are a lot of elopements, there is no waiting period or anything else. Did that change anything along mm-hmm. the lines of like, okay, so it was no. all still new. Divorce is based on county of residence. Okay. You can get married anywhere. You have to get divorced where you live. Interesting. It's really weird. Um, Texas does have that waiting period. Uh, it can be waived for active military personnel as far as like getting married. Vegas has no waiting period. It is a little bit funky. It's not like it works in the movies because you have to go to the courthouse to get the license and then you can go to the chapel for the officiant, but you actually have to go to the courthouse during courthouse hours. That's why it almost didn't. Yeah. That's why we, it almost didn't happen when we were in Vegas is because we got to the courthouse at like four 30 and they were closing at five o'clock. And so the wedding chapel will stay open really late, but the courthouse will close and we didn't have the license. We didn't have the anything. Gotcha. So we had to go to like three different places to get this thing. Um, and, but as far as divorce goes, you have to get divorced in your County of residence and you have to have been living there for a certain amount of time. So if, if you've newly relocated, I do not know how that would work. That would be an additional hoop you have to jump through. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we filed and the 60 day waiting period started as of 2021. There is a new thing. I think it's called an article 19. I don't remember, but it's a new piece of divorce, um, paperwork that came into effect as of January 1st, 2021. So this almost last year now, I don't know. Almost last year. Right. That's so weird. No. Um, (laughs) Where within 30 days of filing, if you do not sign the waiver for, again, I believe it's article 19. I did not have to sign this because I filed in 2020. Um, then you have to provide two years of detailed financials to your spouse during the um, divorce proceedings, if you're going per se, which basically proves that you're not like hiding any money or hiding any assets anywhere. You can sign the waiver and get out of that, which... Tim and I would have done had we saw, had we filed in 2021 because, again, we didn't have anything combined really. I don't know if that's too much information or what, but that was just how we did it. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like, yeah, you can have your stuff. I can have my stuff. Like, I don't, I don't care. Um, there wasn't ever anything from him that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a new thing as of 2021. So if you are filing in 2021, make sure to get that waiver and or be aware of that clause. Um, I guess it could work in your favor to know about the waiver or to not sign the waiver if you need to know about your spouse's financials for some reason. But um, either way, new new thing in 2021. After um, that waiver, the next step, which was our next step, is to sign a different waiver. <laughs> This one's not for financials. I know there's so much paperwork Um, that basically the respondent signs. So not the person that filed, but the other person signs it and says, 
I am aware of the preliminary um, divorce filing and I have read it. I have received my copy. I agree to the terms as listed because you can list your biggest property separations in the preliminary. So like we listed our cars on the first one because he had a newer car and I wanted my animals and my LLC sub S corporation on mine. So like we did that on the preliminary to say, we are 100% sure that she gets this and he gets that. Right. So I outlined that to him. It comes in like big, bold letters. And you say like, this is yours. This is mine. Um, please sign this document that says you agree to this and you waive your right to a lawyer, meaning you're not okay. going to fight me on this. Yeah. You're not going to um, for something. Right. Exactly. And if you need a lawyer, if your divorce is messy, I'm not advocating for not getting a lawyer. I had one of the easiest divorces of all time, I think because we were so agreeable about the terms of everything. Yeah. Well, you it guys was were still pretty like independent. Teeth. Like that's a huge exactly. benefit too, is you were still pretty independent and also there weren't kids involved. Like there isn't anything that yes. really is going to join you at the hip, you know? Exactly. Yeah. There was nothing that couldn't be really easily split. Even the the years that we'd filed taxes, we'd filed married filing separately, like nothing was conjoined. So that made the divorce super, super, super simple. Yes. It was still arduous. Yes. It still took 13 months, all that kind of emotional. Like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I don't, you know, it wasn't like easy that way, but I talked to a friend of mine at one point and he was like, yeah, my divorce lasted two and a half years. And every chance she got, she opened a new credit card in my name, ruined my credit and blew all of these credit cards out of the water, supporting the boy toy that she cheated on me with. um, Actually fuck that bitch. Yeah, exactly. actually fuck that bitch. And he had a kid with her. So like that was this whole thing. Mm. And it was like, oh my God, like, no, 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 no. We, holy crap. I'm so sorry, man. And he was like, yeah, no, yours is so easy. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, like, yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it hurts. But like, as far as the legal portion is concerned, it's, we good. it's okay. We're fine. Good. It's fine. It's fine. Literally, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> right. So, um, he signed the waiver that says it's per se, meaning we don't want lawyers. And then at that point I got stuck because then you go on to the final decree, which is where everything down to personal effects gets listed. Mm, okay. As far as like, this is his and this is hers. Yeah. And the reason for that is so that somebody can't come back later and say, oh, you didn't list this as yours. So now I want it. Right. Right. Because they can hire a lawyer post-divorce, unfortunately, and try to come after you. So if you have it listed out on that final decree, then it's like, no, it we, we signed this. We agreed. Yeah. Legally, Which personal no effects standard. are just right. Personal effects are listed as personal effects. Tim and I don't really have a lot of, or didn't really have a lot of assets because we're young. We're in our early twenties. We're still trying to, we're just happy that we weren't in debt, you know? Um, you were, and- you're not anymore. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I have a car payment now. So technically I guess I'm in debt, whatever. Um, it's fine. I'm very happy to have a new car that actually gets me places. It's a nice um, car. That's yeah. Yes. Very. I'm thankful for her anyway. Um, so at that point of the final decree, I called my mother who is the best contract reader I know. And she was just like, yeah, this is a lot. This is like a lot, a lot, a lot, 20 pages of basically blank lines that you need to fill out of different questions. It's like, holy crap. Okay. So, um, I went online and was like, how do I get help with this? And I 
found um, TexasSimpleDivorce.com, which is where you pay $400 and they fill out all your paperwork for you. They don't split anything. They don't uh, like moderate anything. They don't any, they spoon feed you fill this out, sign here, go get this, um, notarized, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, Oh, perfect. This is what I need. And then they type it all out for you. So helpful. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't need a lawyer. We know what we want to split. We don't want to fight over things, but for the love of God, I don't know what to do. Like this is so much paperwork and I'm sure for them, it's like a Tuesday because they do this all the time. But for me, hopefully please God only once in a lifetime. And I don't want to learn to do this. Right. Well, and I mean, so the they, other thing too is like, how in the fuck, like, why would you pay $500 for somebody to just show you what forms you need? You know, because that would be like an hour of consultation from a lawyer. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think I actually went to them at the waiver step, the lawyer waiver step, because I remember they were the ones that brought the article 19, which is the financial split to my opinion or my, to my knowledge. No. Oh my God. My brain attention. Thank you. I literally like saw the loading screen for a second. Sorry. My pregnancy (laughs) brain is now infecting you. You're welcome. (laughs) I don't want to be not attached to you. That's why I'm not talking. (laughs) Anyway, um, they were the ones that brought that to my attention. They were the ones that told me like, Hey, yeah, you can serve your spouse. Because whenever I first went and did my filing and everything, I was like, can I get him served? And they were like, Oh, do you need an officer to do it? And I was like, no, I see him at the gym. Like we still train at the same, I can just hand it to him because it was going to be like $80 to go get an officer to do it. And I was like, why? I, I don't, I don't need, no, I I just need to know what I can do so that I legally served him. Yeah. And for people that are legitimately like where, where things may have been headed in your safety, like for that, that's why you need an officer, but not. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, I thought that was the only way to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought because they, the court has to have documentation saying that you did in fact serve him on a date. Ah, okay. They but have you, to know like, Hey, yes, he got the information. He knows this is in existence. So can you have a third party do it? Can you get like a certified letter? What you can do is you serve them and you give them the waiver that says I was served and I waived my right to a lawyer because we're moving forward per se. And you do it at a notary. Ah, okay. And then you take the notarized piece of paper back to the court and say, hey, please file this. And they're like, okay, yeah, it was signed by a notary. It's fine. Oh, so that's what we ended up doing, um, which again, super simple in terms of how complicated it could be Right. to, you know, the average divorce is something between four and $8,000 and that's for a, a nice one. Right. And ours was less than a thousand total, I think. Nice. Yeah. Because I paid for the lawyers to spoon feed me the paperwork and I paid the original uh, filing fee. And that was there it. There you go. So anyway, um, went to Texas Simple Divorce. They spoon fed us the paperwork and they got him to fill out things as well so that like I fill out my property, he fills out his property, and then they put them together on the official form. And I gave him the unsigned document. It was like, please read everything. Make sure that you agree because all they did was copy and paste it. Um, make sure that, you know, you are okay with everything on your side. You're okay with everything on my side. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing surprising. He signed it again. We had to sign it in front of a notary. Um, he signed that. And then I took that back to the court. That was our final decree. And I filed it with the clerk. And from there I was able to call the court coordinator and she got me a date in front of the judge. Nice. 
Cause you have to go before the judge and they say, you know, yes, you're granted or no, you're not. So then I asked them like, okay, yes, this date works. This was the December 22nd date. Yes, the date works. Um, and does he have to be there? Cause he had planned a Christmas trip. And I was like, does he have to be there? No, if he signed it, he's good to go. Only the person that filed and, or the female have to be there. Why? Depending on circumstances of the divorce, because they ask you if you're pregnant. Oh, okay. Because if there's children, it changes everything. Well, that is, yes, it does. So they say, are you, or have you been at any time during this marriage pregnant? And I don't think that counts for like miscarriages and stuff like that. It's more like, did you have a kid from this person or somebody else during this marriage? Uh, Or could there be one now? And it's like, no, absolutely not. And she was like, okay, are you comfortable with the property split? Yes, ma'am. I am. Um, is this your full legal name? Is this your spouse's full legal name? Yes, ma'am. It is. Okay. Grant your divorce is granted. You can pick up your official paperwork after the holiday weekend. Cause we need time to process it. I was like, great, fine. Too easy. Fine. Exactly. And then you're officially divorced. You're good to go. Nice. So like I said, as far as divorces go, mine was really simple. And I'm sorry. I told that in a discombobulated fashion, but I was so thankful. Like, yeah. I was so at one point, um, Tim was like, we really need to get divorced. Like we need to make this happen. I was like, I agree with you, but also I just haven't like, it hasn't been a fire under my butt because we're separated. Like, and you're doing you, I'm doing me. We literally have nothing intertwined. It really doesn't matter beyond the fact, like, do you really want, like, are you trying to marry somebody else right now? Because like, that's the only other thing that would, well, I, I was really thankful we got it done before January 1st of 2022 because taxes taxes. That way, this is the last year we have to file married filing, uh, not jointly separately. And then as of 2022, everything is completely split. Yeah. That's nice. That helps. Which is ironic because people say marriage is a tax break and we didn't even use it for that because we did file No, because you guys filed separately. <laughs> you guys really went a roundabout way of, uh, no, the last time we signed paperwork, we were sitting there jokingly. We did this fucking wrong. Like, we did all of this fucking, we never got our marriage certificate. Well, that and also is. Yeah. It was like, we never asked for our marriage certificate. It's sitting at the the county courthouse in Vegas, I guess. I, I never requested the thing, anything like that. And we started joking. We're just like, no, we're going to frame the divorce and not the marriage certificate. <laughs> so it's fine. We're, we're fine. Honestly, now, like we see each other at training. I feel like things are cordial. Things are okay. There's obviously like a weird tension there. There's going to be, with an any, ex. yeah, there's going to be with any former partner. Um, but again, as far as things go <laughs> no, I think, I, I think, and I think, uh, you know, it boggles my mind that, and I, I feel bad cause I didn't know you well enough. Like we started this podcast and we had known each other, but we were really just mm-hmm. like coworkers that had been together and kind of stayed in touch. And then, you know, our, our friendship really blossomed and grew because of the podcast, but amongst other things. And yeah. now, like, if you had told me now what you said back then, like, and, and even when you told me the, the entirety of all the details, I was like, I think I was, I was home and I was in my childhood bedroom and I was like, you need to grab your fucking dog. I'll go back to North Carolina. You come to my fucking house, like get the fucking leave. Like, what do you mean? And like, I think it was late enough that even Ian was up because he was still in Syria. 
And it was just like, uh, by the way, Tess might be moving in. I'm going to figure out what to do with the dogs. Like it, we're, it, we're just, we're going to have to make this work. And like, obviously that's just me over, over killing it. But also at the same time, like it, it made me sad for you, but it made me sad for our, our relationship that I didn't understand. People didn't. And I, I don't, I don't hold any malice about that. I, my mom makes me a little bit like, how the fuck could you not hear me after 28 years, 27, however old I am. But that was the only one where I was like, how did she not hear me when I was like, Hey, I'm running up the white flag. Anytime I'm going to use to me, that's really serious language. And anytime that I'm going to go that far into a metaphor, I expect you to fucking hear me, mom. But with you, I was like, no, I, I didn't bring you into a lot of the sort of details because I didn't see it as anybody's business. And I am to this day trying not to publicize details because that's not what it needs to be. We are okay. Everybody is fine. We worked it out and the terms of the agreement are now set. We're good. Yeah. Well, and I think I just couldn't stay in that situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think also it's, it's, it's nice that you two truly are great friends. Like you weren't great partners, but you were great friends. We were great that friends. That makes sense. And I do miss that friendship and I do miss that dynamic. The one pre-marriage, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Because again, once we got married, it broke. Yeah. Well, it, it really did. It broke. It happens. Like the I think the pressure of things and again, the unspoken expectations of what a husband is, what a wife is, mm-hmm. and certain steps, like for for me and Ian, like when we first got engaged, like things really changed and I didn't even understand why they changed. And I think if we hadn't had even like premarital counseling, because if you get married in a church, you have to have it. You mm-hmm. know, I don't think we would have been successful. Like, I think that our, our butting heads and personality traits and things that really we could have just gone inner and nuclear on, we probably would have. And, right. and I think that it's a, a thing about getting married young. I think that it's a thing about not fully understanding, but that piece of paper changes a lot. And when you're not working as a team and you're working as two individuals that like want to be a team, but also want the independence and need to have that space and can't manage to navigate it, like, Mm -hmm. and, and don't want the extra assistance to navigate it. Like, not that you didn't obviously, because you would ask for help, but like you can only ask so many times for somebody to go to counseling. And even still, there were times where I had mentioned to Ian, like maybe we needed to go to counseling. And back when we were young and dumb, like that wasn't an option to him. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we forged ahead, but it was, it's hard. It was shit. No. And I understand the stigma around counseling because I myself have been guilty of, um, playing into that stigma where it's like, no, I'm strong enough. I don't need counseling. And now it's not so much like, I don't want to go at, go at it with the Freudian mentality. Right. I don't like that style yeah. of counseling of like lay on the couch and tell me how you feel, but give me tools to solve my problems. Like you have tools in your toolbox that I don't have or right. that I don't know how to use. Right. So introduce me to them and show me how to use them. And it, wow, it's so much better. I think that's one of the reasons I got so obsessed with things like MBTI or Enneagram or whatever is just like, teach me about people so that when I meet a person, I can be like, oh, you are not just annoying. You are a type blank. You know, you are, you process things this way or, 
um, someone that I have spent a lot of time with lately is a feeler like you. <laughs> and so we say we have the I in, mm-hmm. um, as the same way we process things, but we look at it through a different lens because I'm the thinker and they're the feeler mm-hmm. similar to you and me. So we're coming at a problem from the same path, but it's like the lenses are completely different. So yeah. then it doesn't seem crazy to me when you pop up and say, well, you need to think about your emotions or you need to feel this through your emotions. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Or I'll come to you and be like, but if you think about it this way and there, there becomes this coupling and this making each other stronger, I had no idea of any of that during my marriage. Yeah. None. I couldn't, I couldn't have articulated that. Yeah. And I think that that was a big thing was we didn't have the communication that we truly desperately needed. Well, and it's also a part of, there's a level of comfort that you have to reach to actually want to talk to your partner. Mm-hmm. Cause like, and I don't, I think Ian and I just finally reached it like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago where like, we finally are so comfortable with one another that like we gossip with each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a huge trope on like TikTok and stuff, but that builds and forges the the movement forward to have larger conversations and be able to mm-hmm. talk about not just like the weather and politics, but like actually your relationship and what you need to do oh, yeah. as a team to move forward. And if you're not, if you're not even comfortable talking about like your life, your separate life from them, how are you mm-hmm. going to talk about your life with them? You know? Right. I totally agree with you. Also, I think it really helps to gossip and be light with somebody because if all you have is heavy conversations, like it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Like heavy conversations are great. I love getting deep with people. I love the tea. I love all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we need to have something to offset that. Well, and not when it's about me. I don't want to know what I'm doing wrong every single minute of every single day. 100%. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm totally fine knowing like the deep things in your life and show me all that kind of stuff. But then again, we also need to say like, oh, did you see what Billy and Sally did today? Like, oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? Right. There has to be at least a humorous aspect. Well, and then you can- some sort of- It it leads into like the next steps that you would want to take with your partner. Like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. did you see what X's kid did? Like- yeah, our kid will never do that. And then you're like, oh, it absolutely fucking well, it's a kid. Right. But, but like, that's it. Yeah. No, you need, you need something to offset. And another thing, and Tim actually brought this up, and I want to give him humongous props for seeing this, identifying it, and like coming to me with it. This is post divorce. This was our last conversation that we have had. I'm assuming we'll have, I don't know. Um, was he was like, we, we got bored and we drank too much. Yes. It was 2020. We sat down. We had nothing, fucking nothing to do. Like, I remember the day that I bought us a backyard pool and that was like the best thing in the world. And I would come like outside after working all day. Cause he would work nights and I would work days. And we had one person size floaty and the person size floaty took up the entire pool because that was how big it was. And he would be out there with a cooler, a beer outside the pool, just floating like face down all day fucking long. And then we'd come in and watch TV and drink more. And like, that was what we did. We didn't have anything else to do. And it ruined our relationship because it got to the point that we couldn't talk if we hadn't both had a drink. Right. And now I'm on the other side of that going like, I go days without drinking and I'm just like, oh, I'm fine. And then I'm like, oh, something sounds good. Like this specific thing sounds good. And if I can't find a specific thing, I'm fine. 
right? It's yeah. not like, oh, it's it's six o'clock. I need to start drinking. Oh, I mean, there were periods of time in 2020 where I think it was like, it's 10 a.m. I need something. <laughs> I mean, yes, true. And I think a lot of people went through that. It was just that that made our relationship suffer. Well, and again, I, think- I, I want to caveat all of this with, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I don't want to make anybody the villain out of any of this. This is just my story. I want to make somebody the villain, but Tess I know you me, do, so. but I don't want to. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that it's that bad. I think that on the outside of this, we didn't work. And it yeah. sucks that we didn't work because we put a lot of effort into each other. We put a lot of time into each other. I put a lot of heart and soul and like, it literally feels like your soul breaks at the end of something like this. And I, I don't need to vilify anybody. I did things no. wrong. He did things wrong. That's all I'll say. No. And that's, that's fair. And, and again, it's your relationship. I just like to go nuclear on things, but well, you're my best friend. You have to take my side. Like, I think at this point I could blow up something and you'd still be like, no, she's right. Depends on what you blow up, but actually, maybe. <laughs> actually, maybe. It's like the spaceship and the muffins conversation. <laughs> I'm really- you have to tell this story. I'm really, I'm really happy that, okay, I have to find like the actual text. So, so Tess- Okay, the TikTok- Tess sent me a TikTok uh, where this chick is basically just like, you can measure your friendship based off of how crazy a question is and whether or not your friend like immediately answers or asks you why. And, yeah. and that's like the, the gist of it. And so basically I, <laughs> I took that and I read it and I immediately texted Tess back I feel like I could ask you to join me on a spaceship with a basket of muffins and your immediate like question would just be how many or a basket of type- muffins and a duffel bag. Oh yes. Right. A basket of muffins. Oh, a muffin full of uh, a muffin, a duffel bag full of muffins. Excuse That's what me. it was. That's what yeah, it was. Cause you were like muffins in a duffel bag. And I was like, did the muffins go in the duffel bag and how many and what kind? Yeah. <laughs> what are and, we doing? And so, and so I just started <laughs> busting out laughing because I sent a, like the follow-up text was, or how many muffins. And so Tess texts me back. Yeah. That was my next question is it was going to be how many muffins. Um, and I just busted out laughing and I was in this, you know, my nursery office with Ian and I, I read this out loud to him, this, this exchange. And, um, Ian was just like, are you sure you married the right person? To which I also responded. It's funny you say that because mind over millennial music by Zach era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.